Well, welcome everyone. <laughs> this is the very first Epsilon Theory podcast. And uh, I've, got, I've got a wonderfully special guest uh, to, to, to have this maiden voyage of our podcast. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, usually I appear on lots of other people's podcasts and webcasts and answer a lot of their questions. And I think my guest is the same way. So this is going to be a new experience for both of us. We're just going to be really trying to have a conversation uh, where hopefully I can bring some of, of my experiences and thoughts to bear. And my special guest, not so fast, can bring his experiences and his thoughts to the conversation. And maybe we can figure out how to merge, I don't know, if it's the world of crypto and, and, and epsilon theory. But there's there's something to be gained here, and I and I and I'm just so glad to have uh, my friend, uh, not so fast, uh, join me here for this very first podcast. Uh, I've I've come to rely. He's, his name is not so fast because he I think very smartly uh, holds on to some uh, anonymity uh, here in in the the world he's in, which is the crypto mining world. Uh, the uh, uh, crypto trading world, and it's um, but but he's something I've someone I've gotten to know, and and is my go-to source for trying to understand right what what's really happening uh, in in the trenches in, in in crypto world, and so when this kind of idea happened, it was suggested to us on Twitter. I, I think I've got some kind of in the trenches knowledge about the the, the world of finance. I know not so fast has got that sort of knowledge about the world of crypto, and I think you know putting this together is 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 why we're here. So not so fast. Thank you so much for um, for this very first episode. Ben, may I say that it's an honor and uh, oh, a pleasure to talk to you face to face, and uh, I'm really glad to have this opportunity to sort of explore conversations further than we can get on uh, in in the written word and. Um, to everyone out there that's listening, if you're a Bitcoiner or a cryptocurrency person or just interested in that, um, it's uh, this all needs nobody's permission. So I'm doing my very best to be a representative of everything you might like about it and uh, maybe a few things you might dislike about it. But uh, I'm, I'm trying to do right by, by everyone's opportunity that uh, sort of uh, decentralized network money could represent for you. So uh, I'm not trying to ruin it for anybody. <laughs> I'm just trying to uh, uh, inform and, and, and give a few of, uh, of, of my takes that I've learned, as you said, in the trenches. So um, so thanks for allowing well, me on your first ever podcast. This is fantastic. No, it's fantastic. So, so, so look, on, on that note, not so fast. I, mm -hmm. I, you know, the, the, the core you know, we've got lots of mottos here, right? but, but, but the core motto is from Friday Night Lights, right, which is about high school football in, in, in West Texas, which is to say it's about life. Right? So, right. But, you know, the, the motto there is clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. And, you know, I trust your full heart. And uh, I, I, I hope that the, the listeners, the watchers here will, will, will trust that we are approaching these issues with a, with, with, with a full heart. Uh, so uh, again, so thanks too. for being here. I hope so too. And, that, and thank you again for that, that uh, fantastic kind of taking of that guideline and using it as 
um, a kind of a, a parable for living. Uh, it, it's almost a, a good way to look at any new issue and new concept as people of multiple backgrounds and stake stakeholder uh, stakeholderness perhaps feel it feel out uh, what it's becoming you know uh, it it reminds me of a parable which I, I always thought was um, from China but maybe it's Indian where there's a bunch of blind people feeling the elephant and trying to figure out uh, they one person feels the trunk and says it's like a tree yep. and one person feels the tusk and says oh it's like a like a uh, like a branch of a tree or you know it's all different parts of something but we're we're trying to figure out what the main organism is and what it's going to become together we are and and I'll tell you the 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 other aspect of that is that well-intentioned people, full-hearted people, can actually disagree on this stuff, right? I, I, I think that's um, challenge is probably the right word. One of the challenges I've had when I've had uh, you know gone on podcasts and the like that 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 were in that you know we're going to talk about Bitcoin today, right? Mm -hmm. Is that I get asked the same question over and over again. And I think I'm looking at it through clear eyes. I, I have an answer. And I, I find that <laughs> I get asked then the same question over and over and over again because people don't like my answer. <laughs> right? That makes sense. And, What's the question? What's, what exactly well, is that question? Well, well the question is pretty simple. It's that, look, you know, Ben, you, you, you write so much about, I like to call it the nudging state Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the nudging oligarchy, the ways in which our autonomy, in, in particular, our autonomy of mind, is both chronically and systematically undermined by powerful interests that, 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 that typically manifest themselves in either, you know, institutions of wealth and corporations or, or, or institutions of power, you know, mm -hmm. state and government. So I'm, I'm, I'm so philosophically so uh, um, uh, in line with, I'll call it that libertarian undercurrent, more than undercurrent, right. that, 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 that libertarian underpinning that, that, that I think flows through so much, certainly of Bitcoin and, and crypto more generally. And yet, when I, when I and this I, I think is my experience coming in this world of, of finance where in both little ways and i'll talk about some of the, the bigger ways little ways and mm -hmm. small ways and, and big ways these efforts of of being trying to do good and to do to to promote innovation uh, particularly financial innovation always and in all ways are subverted ultimately to the ends of that you know, nudging oligarchy and the in the, the nudging state, and, right. I, and, and I, Bitcoiners would call it the fiat world. The fiat world, right, is out right. to take over. And my point is that, you know, before it was fiat world, it was just you know financial world. Uh, right. You know, it was you know before that it was Caesar. You know, and, <laughs> when Jesus says you know render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, he's talking about right. money. Right. And 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 my. My, the, the experience of, of my lived life <laughs> is that money is, is part of Caesar's world and that efforts to try to extract it or to use it as a weapon against Caesar uh, always fails. 
right? Now, and so the, and that's why I've got this picture on the, 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 the green screen here. This is from the, the, the Spanish Civil War, right? So it's that, this is the famous photograph where, you know, they're fighting, they're, they're, they're fighting the, 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 the Republicans, the good guys, are fighting the nationalist, you know, Franco and the fascist. Mm-hmm. And it's a good cause. And they're, 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 they're fighting against that fascist enemy, and we'd all agree they were enemies. And so you had these well-meaning people from all over the world uh, join the Republicans to go try to, to, to fight in this war. And this is the most famous photograph, right? This is one of the Republican soldiers bravely storming the entrenched machine gun nest of the, of the nationalist. And, you know, he's caught by the photographer right as that bullet goes through his brain. And this is, this is my answer, right? And, and it, 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 it's still my answer. People don't like the answer. But what I see happening, particularly with Bitcoin, and, and, and one of the things I really want to of, of of crypto that might not be as easily co-opted, I think, as, as, as Bitcoin is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, this, this is my answer. I, I, I think this is that, that, that what happens with a, an elegant and beautiful financial innovation like Bitcoin is that it gets absorbed and used by the state and that ultimately it augments the state's power, not undercuts it, right? So, um, you know, that's the answer that I'd, I'd love to flesh out in this conversation a little bit if we can, because sure. people resist that so heavily. Uh, but, but you know, that's that's the answer I give that, 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 that people don't like. And so they keep asking me the same question over and over again to, to, to hope I get a different answer. Yeah, and I'm sure that some of the points they throw you and some of the points that were thrown to you on Twitter um, when we sort of created the background for us having this conversation were the um, the sovereignty of possession that Bitcoin allows. You know, um, Bitcoin software and specifically the hard cap on the supply stated within its software and enforced by consensus is that there's only going to be ever 21 million Bitcoins. So the, um, the argument from a Bitcoiner is, well, the state can't change that to inflate away the value. So uh, how, can, um, how can the state you know, influence my Bitcoin that way? And the other one is, uh, well, I hold Bitcoins and I know the private keys and they're sovereign to me. And they're not um, a part of the state unless the state has to be happens to be running their own note of Bitcoin, validating their own transactions. But that doesn't give the state any claim to my Bitcoins. And it's a it's a wonderful way to think and to push it forward. But because we're in uh, we live in Caesar's world and we, we live in in the Roman Empire, Caesar's Empire, it's I. I always want to try and poke holes before the holes are poked for me in those <laughs> thoughts of how sovereign I am with my own Bitcoin. So over probably the past three years, um, I've had a lot of talks both in public and then privately where, uh, where time is, uh, where they've been willing to be, uh, give, give me their time with uh, lawyers who are also interested in cryptocurrency and what it means and yep. specifically about the sovereignty of possession of private keys. And I learned a lot about um, 
being held in contempt. And that's one way where the state sort of has uh, back-end power. Like you can win the game, but the state owns the stadium. So until there's a closed loop of Bitcoin transactions where there's a, a whole entire circular economy that uh, begets more entrance in and of itself and its own liquidity, there's always going to have to be exits to US dollars for Americans, but uh, to your fiat world in general. And that's where the state gets its foothold. So they know about your transactions and they can tax you. And they can, if they don't like uh, what you've disclosed, they can hold you in contempt, which means you can say all you want. Oh, I don't have any Bitcoin. But then and once you uh, accrue some kind of benefit uh, from what the state suspects you've spent Bitcoin on, then this whole contempt process opens up again. And so you're liable to the state at the end of it all. For the rest of your life. For the rest <laughs> of your life, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you know, one of my, you know, first, you know, back when I was, I was running a hedge fund, one of my, one of my, First kind of big short positions was on uh, the, the the online uh, game gambling, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know party gaming and and then you know net teller and some some other great 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 you know names like that. But but one of the things I remember was uh, talking to, to 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 one of the guys. He decided, well, I'm, screw this. I'm going to move down to Belize, right? I'm not I'm not you know I. I'm a sovereign dude. I'm just going to run down to Bailey's. And he was a young guy, and, and, it, and it worked for him for a while. And but the that that burden of always being on this watch list, right? Of always saying, "Well, you know, I'd love to fly to you know visit family in I don't know Amsterdam, but if my flight from Bailey's gets diverted to Miami, and this happened right to to, to more than one person, I get arrested because huh. that." It, it's. I, I think what what you, you you there was a great analogy about you know the game can be one thing but the stadium is another, and when I think about the the great brilliance of 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 Bitcoin, kind of generally speaking, is it you know providing this solution of trust uh, you know let's call it distributed trust, and and it's this it is this absolutely I think just brilliant and ingenious solution mm-hmm. um, with it for that for this game but we as human beings we live in a much larger system a much larger stadium of distributed trust right so it's right. it's one thing to say you know as, as, as this guy I remember saying yeah well you know I want to move down to Belize I'm still going to run my operation and you know I'll be fine I'll be fine and, but it's it's a decision for the rest of your life and you you suddenly go into a world where it's very hard to trust people, right? Meaning meaning that you know, and, and I think this is absolutely right. I, I mean, I mean, you you know your own private keys. Uh, I'm sure there's some you know encrypted channel where you could do a transaction in Bitcoin and totally go around uh, whatever you know regulatory environment the United States government and other governments set up. I'm, I'm sure you could do that, right? But here's the question, right? Do you trust the other person on the other side of that transaction? Not for the game you're playing, not that your keys are going to be corrupted or somehow that the transaction itself is 
is uh, uh, is subverted. But right. is the person on the other end of the line that you're you know engaging with his activity? Is he dropping a dime, right? Or or is he going to say, hey, is he going to make a call and say, hey, you know, X Y Z agency, you should look into, you know, this person over here. It it you can't. You, you live in this world of, of mistrust once the government says, okay, we're going to control, like say, the, the, the entrance and the exits to the stadium. So it's, it's, it's what I like to call the metagame, yes. right? Which was, which was the, you know, it's not just, it's, it's trying to see the forest for the trees. It's not just this game we're playing right now, mm-hmm. which, you know, I find so many people on, on Wall Street and crypto, they're, they're, you know, brilliant guys, and, and unfortunately, they're mostly guys, right? I, I wish there were more women in both Wall Street and crypto. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are—they can be masters of this game, the, the, this this the, this myopic view. When in the larger game, um, they can be losing, and and and, and that—that's what I like to to or try to try to flesh out here. Yeah, no, I I, I think uh, all of that is a really salient way to look at it, and I think it's. Uh, it's so easy to uh, to lose sight of the metagame, even if at one point you knew it existed and you knew Bitcoin was a weapon against it. It becomes really yes. easy to use that um, that idea as just uh, an unquestioned proxy for all future understanding, which uh, which it may not be um, possible for. Because for every weapon, there's a, a way to neutralize it, and if you put all your faith in um, the, the way one weapon works, you know, uh, an, an arms race, especially from uh, the state, which who's got you know basically unlimited resources, they will find ways to to neutralize that weapon or or take it away from you. And and uh, to a further to a point that you sort of just made um, about a circle of trust and, a, and an amount of trust that uh, you have to have as a Bitcoin user. There's a lot of uh, really kind of high-minded language about Bitcoin being a money network for enemies, you know, like you can transact yep. with an enemy and uh, everybody's running the same node software software, and uh, putting distributed trust in their own way to uh, maintain and propagate the system. So there's some of that, but also, like you said, there is the risk that a counterparty to your Bitcoin trading can use meta information about you, for example, what they sold you in order to receive that Bitcoin in order to, um, you know, where maybe they got a shipping address that belongs mm-hmm. to you, where they have, they now have some valuable information of a Bitcoin user that I'm sure the state would like to know about if they're on a tax crusade or a making Bitcoin illegal to use crusade as uh, gold used to be before 1975 in the USA. So there's a lot of meta information. And I think where Bitcoiners find their confidence in this is that they're so confident in the underlying unchangeability, and they call it the ossification of Bitcoin as a protocol and as a weapon against the state and the fiat money that uh, they try to, well, they don't try to, but I think they become slightly closed-minded about 
how the state might be infiltrating that. And this is kind of where we segue into the institutionalization of Bitcoin as it becomes more popular and the sailorization of it, because it's so easy to cheer for big money and big people coming on board to an idea you were early on. It feels good to cheerlead it because those people are paying you, you know, the Bitcoins that you bought in 2014 for $200. If Michael Saylor's paying $18,000 for some of those, uh, you feel really, really good about yourself because, you know, you liked it back when, but he likes it now. And uh, it's, it's just a way, a way to make you feel good about your, yourself and your participation. But there's a caution to that as well, because if, uh, if Michael Saylor owns a lot of Bitcoin and Grayscale owns a lot of Bitcoin and they're just using it in a very large way as a parking lot for heretofore fiat profits. You know, this is your, um, your social paradigm. This is your money network that was going to save, save you and uplift the sovereign individual. And now these companies that have, um, you know, probably uh, legally and in a fair play way made vast amounts of profits are just parking it parking those profits in your Bitcoin and they're much louder of a voice within the state's paradigms and much um, cozier, I guess, with uh, the types of regulations that the state makes once their players, their voices will be louder than yours. As a well, and you know what, you know, what? not so fast. It's not just being cozier with the state, right? It's, it's that they rely on the state. And, and, and here's what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that, and you'll tell me if I'm wrong, right? But my sense from the, you know, the, the, the podcast I'm on, the questions I get is that, oh, you're saying the government's going to ban Bitcoin, right? And that is so not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so not what I'm saying. Because there's so much money to be made with Bitcoin that there's, there's no desire to outlaw Bitcoin. Or to ban it. Of course. The the desire is to swallow it whole. To swallow it whole. And and so that it 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 loses what what I take to be that underpinning, that libertarian underpinning. This is what I mean about um and I'll give you three examples just from the last, you know, from my lifetime, right, when I've seen this happen. Where I've seen this happen. Uh and it and it is always led by the Michael Saylors of the world or the or the Mike Novogratzes of the world, right? I mean, I know Novogratz a little, you, you know, I don't know Saylor, but and when I say I know him, you know, we've been to, you know, a couple of small dinners together and stuff, but, you know, <laughs> how to say this, you know, Mike Novogratz really doesn't care <laughs> about <laughs> the, 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 you know, permissionless aspect of, 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 of Bitcoin, right? Um, Mike Novogratz wants to make all the money in the world, and, and God bless him. God bless him. I mean, he's, uh, uh, you know, he's a smart, funny guy. Uh, but he's not about, his goal is not to change the world, right? Right. It, it's really not. Um, and, and and that's what I find that, that, that comes into such harsh uh, opposition is this desire that Bitcoin is this tool to change the world. When I tell you, and I've seen this three happen three times before, it is being absorbed into just another 
Wall Street, and by Wall Street, I mean financial services tool. Mm -hmm. So let, let me explain what I mean by that, because it, 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 if I've got one message in this kind of initial podcast is it, that I haven't been able to communicate, I think, effectively in, in other podcasts, it's this. I think that uh, most people kind of on the outside of that banking Wall Street world, they think that the, the goal is to make this kind of, you know, uh, you, you either invent something or, or you, you accumulate something that goes up in price by a lot, mm -hmm. right? That, that, that that's winning. Oh, I'm going to become really rich or really famous or really, you know, powerful or what have you. And that's accomplished by I, I make an investment in something. I buy a lot of something. It goes up in price and then I want. And what I, would, what I would say to you is that that's not how Wall Street writ large works. They, they really don't care about the price of anything. Mm -hmm. right? the, 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 way, the way that you make real money is not by the price of something going up. Right? The way you make real money is by being in the middle of flow. It's flow. It's not, it's not level, it's not price, it's the flow, right? So the, the, the goal of all of this is, I, I mean, the, the, the price of Bitcoin is secondary. It can be a selling point. Right. But the, but the goal here is to create a, 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 a thing, an object, right? A, 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 an idea, a digital whatever, right? That you can create flow around. And it's that flow that is that, 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 that holy grail that individuals, um, institutions, governments will do anything to control because that, that's where real wealth is. And, and, and you know, I'll give you three, like I say, three examples. There's the, uh, the, the development of, you know, we call them junk bonds, high yield bonds in the 1980s. Right, they they'd always been around, but they 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 really, you know, became their their own thing with you know, billion, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars worth of flow in the junk bond business. All right, so this is Michael Milken, of course, you know, Drexel Burnham, and it's of course it's still with us today. It's it's an entire asset class mm -hmm. that didn't really exist before the 1980s. Right, there's the whole issue around the the, the savings and loans. Uh, in the United States, that that whole crisis, which you know cost hundreds of billions of dollars, was all about using these savings and loans institutions as instruments for flow, for 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 giving more loans and doing more stuff than than they were originally conceived to do, and mm -hmm. then finally the great financial crisis was all based on the creation of a new asset class. What we call you know non-conforming residential mortgage-backed securities, which is a total mouthful, and we go into what that is. Mm -hmm. But it was this brilliant idea that you know what everybody who owns a you know is taking out a mortgage on their on their on their home. There there are two parts to that mortgage. You've got a loan, we'll call that the note, and you've mm -hmm. got your deed or title, right? The, the 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 actual collateral for that note that you took out. What if we cut those in two, right? So that we separated the note part, the loan part, 
from the, the, the deed or collateral part. It's still over here, but we'll just set up kind of a pointer to it. We're going to take all these notes and we're going to pool them together and we're going to tranche them up and we're going to cut them and they'll have different characteristics for returns. And then we're going to sell them. <laughs> it's a brilliant idea, just as ingenious as, 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 as Bitcoin was. And, and this, so this became a $10 trillion asset class, trillion with a T. Yeah. Uh, and it was all of this, all of the, the, the changes in the laws around, uh, <laughs> you know, mortgages and owning a home and everything. It was all part and parcel of creating this thing where Wall Street could in the, get in the middle of trillions of dollars worth of flow. That's, that's what this is all about. It's not about price, right? It's not about you know, accomplishing this goal. It's all about finding a product that you can sell that generates flow. And what happens when, 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 when again, Wall Street, again, this, this generalized financial services world, they see an obstacle to, 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 to getting in the middle of that flow. And in this case, the obstacle is not, as it's been in the past, a need for deregulation, but a need for increased regulation. Mm -hmm. Man, that obstacle just gets, just gets obliterated. So look, that is a difference this time, right? So, so the three examples I gave you, right? Junk bonds, uh, uh, SNLs, savings and loans, the thrift institutions, and then the uh, mortgage-backed securities that, that was the, the edifice that the entire great financial crisis was, was, was built on, those in large parts were areas where what Wall Street needed to make it work, to get in the middle of flow, right. was deregulation. Right? They took a sleepy thing that existed for a long time, and they changed the laws to make it easier for them to generate flow. Right. And here, this is a little different, right? This is something that exists and it requires additional regulation in order to generate that, that, that mass market flow. But so that is a different, I don't know if that makes, if it's a difference that matters, right? But, but I that think, is a difference. I think it's a difference that matters. Yeah. Um, okay. it, I think to, to the point of, of Bitcoin, not, I don't think Bitcoin was created by Wall Street or found by wall street kind of until recently i think Correct. um bitcoin was originally created to be antithetical and outside those systems and for a long time it was and exactly as you said others not in wall street or maybe they were but um others realized like oh well this is an opportunity for me to capture flow and so the most money was made by people trying to run and incorporate a trading exchange. And we have everything mm -hmm. from uh, an original, the original popular Bitcoin exchange, uh, Mt. Gox. And uh, it got, you know, it got hacked and went yeah. under because of its, uh, its holdings were not sufficiently secured. And, um, and then recently you have um, organizations like BitMEX, which is a popular Bitcoin futures trading exchange. And it was sort of allowed to peddle itself to US customers, even though that was illegal by encouraging them to use VPNs or have it be common knowledge that, oh, you can just access uh, BitMEX with a VPN and, and trade Bitcoin that way. And it almost seems like um, the 
the brains behind the regulators of the U.S. allowed Arthur Hayes, the owner of BitMEX, to grow it and until they were ready to harvest it. And then they mm -hmm. decided to crack down and say, uh, Arthur, you're under arrest. You've got to skip the country, basically. Like, we don't know where he is now. And he was the person, the, the runner and basically- He's in Belize, right? Like with like my, uh, my, my online gambling guys, right? Yeah, yeah. He used yeah. to be active on be. Twitter and having fun. He could be next door neighbor to him. Like he's able to go for a walk <laughs> in the sun every day, but he can't speak to his family or spend his money anywhere in, uh, outside of Belize. Like it's a real, um, there's been a real crackdown. And I think in this case, um, the, the source of potential flow came from, outside of wall street and it took a long time to grow large enough for wall street to even say oh this is a potential candidate for yep. um the the state or the fiat system or whatever you have you want to call it because it's all sort of the same it's all it all moves in the same circles um for it to grow big enough where suddenly it be, suddenly it became a really good idea to as you said create new regulations that allow it to integrate into the existing financial system, even though it was meant to be a separate uh, potential replacement for that. So um, the way I've always thought of it is that, um, you know, Bitcoin is its own tiny little growing world over here. And then mm -hmm. the big financial world is its own giant world over here. And they're going to collide at some point. And there will always be tiny battlegrounds and give and take of regulation and um, stubborn sovereign individuals fighting back at the edges. But more or less, they're going to coalesce into an organism that has borders, but has basically some some edges that will be an ongoing battle for a really long time. And um, maybe with Bitcoin's own stubborn resistance to change and ossification, Bitcoin can out, outlast it by simply being too tough to chew and swallow up. But hmm. now with the institutionalization of, of uh, institutional acceptance of Bitcoin and sort of, uh, and this is where we get, get into your whole um, them, thematic arc of narratives, the narratives around Bitcoin um, as everybody tries to discuss and land on exactly what it is, um, they've flown all around the place. It was supposed to be a way to make sovereign payments um, to others without the state being involved. And then all of that sort of has been shoved into the background. You know, we could get into the details of exactly what happened, but for the purposes of this conversation, now the main narrative of Bitcoin is that it it is first and a foremost- A store of value. A store of value, exactly. Yep. And you can use it as money. You can use it for payments, but- you know, um, you're not supposed to anymore. You're supposed yeah. to, uh, and, and it's, it's funny to me, uh, and why would you, that, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you think, if you think that your store of value is going to be worth more, you know, thousands of dollars more, you know, in next month or next year, I'm not going to spend it on a cup of coffee, right? You know, exactly, it's, it's, an, exactly. it's, not, it's an investment. It's not a, it's not yeah, Yeah. But yes, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And, and that whole, that whole, part of um, the change of narrative and the support of narrative, you know, for, for Bitcoiners, it was kind of a revelation, like, oh, we, we figured out what this mostly is now, like, it's primarily a store of value, but like any store of value, it comes with its own network of trustless exchange, which is pretty fantastic for an asset, you know, you can't, there is no network for just 
gold to trade with other gold uh, by virtue of holding gold. Uh, that's that's a really interesting technical yeah. innovation that Bitcoin has you know, inherent of itself. And that should should never even be discounted. You know, it's value that you can move trustlessly and relatively cheaply for a large amount if you want to. And um, that's the thing is, though, is that, uh, well, there's an opportunity cost to spending something that you think is going to uh, vastly outperform your frame of reference, the fiat currency unit. So, well, why would you? Well, now it becomes uh, a collateralization thing. And who better to offer collateralization than the state who's already got all this stuff set up? They just add some regulations so that you can deposit Bitcoin and they'll happily lend lend you against that so you can spend fiat oh, against absolutely. Bitcoin. And what the problem with this is, is that you've got to trust a custodian with your Bitcoin and eventually the need to spend it comes with, you know, you're holding it, you're giving up all this opportunity cost of spending and you're missing out on, you know, you have all this value, but you can't access unlock it. Your life doesn't improve at all. You just, you're, you're, uh, you're a forced miser almost with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's no yeah. other way to really um, integrate with, the ability to free spend as freely as you store unless and until you accept or maybe make a small concession to the existing fiat system which is only too ready to provide you an avenue it's it's it, it's and it's so enticing like I say this is it's not this is not some 1984 scenario with a you know a you know a jackbooted thug you know stomping on you and saying you know give me your keys, right? This is, mm -hmm. this is that smiling, that smiley face, you know, authoritarianism. And, and that's, that's, that is what it is. I, I, I'm torn on this. I got to tell you not so fast because yeah. the, 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 the truth is, is that Wall Street is the, the antithesis of, of permissionless. Wall Street is it's all permissioned, right? It's all permissioned by the government. And, and here's where I'm torn. For good reason. <laughs> it's, it's permissioned for good reason. Because even with the intense permissioning that permeates all of Wall Street, all of financial services, it is not just a daily battle. It, it, is, it, is, a, it is a war between the, I like to call them raccoons, right? Right. The, the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the very smart people. And they, they, this is what they have in common. Almost all of them are men, uh, almost, and, and they're all very smart, right? And their goal is to have all the money, right? Not just a fair share, not just like a decent profit. No, the goal is I want all the money. <laughs> and, right. and, because, and because that's where the money is in the financial services system, the amount of brain power and and effort and time and brilliance that goes into taking other people's money, right? It's just it's 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 unfathomable, and that that's the world I've lived in for 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 all these years. And so, while I am so sympathetic to the that 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 libertarian pillar that that you're being 
your autonomy of mind and you know people are telling me how to think that's under assault all the time when it comes to money i i am in favor of a permissioned environment i think maybe that's why i, I come into such kind of conflict with the a, a lot of the, the the bitcoin community because i actually think a permissioned environment around money is a good thing not a bad thing and right. and that and i don't know where you are on that or, or what but that's that's where i kind of well maybe we struggle uh, for me yeah maybe with with bitcoin um the same permissions that you're describing you know they the, the permissions that you're describing with Wall Street, let somebody capture a little bit of flow to enrich themselves. And even though their own personal goal is to get all the money as a raccoon that never wants to stop eating, they'll just knock over the next trash right. can, even though they're full. Um, the consolation prize is the size of the raccoon stomach being completely you know, full. So the, at the end of the day, um, you may be after all the money, but if you've got you know, 50 million, uh, it's it's an easy to accept consolation prize, I think, and so I, I think that's where you know you go for it all. You get a really really big chunk more than most people, and then and then you're done with it. And the permissions are sort of to keep the system uh, as as fair as it has to be, um, so that nobody gets too crazy and occasionally it gets broken, like you get a Bernie Madoff here or there. Um, but for the most part, it works. And I think where the Bitcoin system um, has equivalent permissions is in the construction of the software and the protocols to which everyone agrees. Like those are the permissions that you, the consensus that, that everybody shares. So if, if we're talking, if I understand you right, and that the permissions of the, the fiat world financial system are just to keep the checks and balances roughly in order, then sort of Bitcoin's got that more or less worked out. It doesn't have the meta permissions worked out or the integration in the rest of the world, but it's got that foundation. And I guess, I guess the, um, the impetus is that you want to build equally or relatively permissionless things yeah. off of that. Well, this is why I'm torn not so fast because, yeah. because yes, so much of the permissions in the financial services world are designed to prevent the raccoons from overwhelming us. Right. And because if you if you don't have these permissions and, and they, they will. Right. I mean, it's it, 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 it's even with the permissions, it's stupefying. Right. What 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 people do that said, and this is why I'm torn. Right. It doesn't right. just stop there. Right. It's not it's that there's more to it than that. Right. It, there's a lot there's a lot more to it, which is why I'm so sympathetic to this notion of, you know, you know, fighting the the the, the nationalists in, in in Spain in the 1930s, right? <laughs> or you know, our equivalent today of you know, I like to call it, you know, say you know, burn it the fuck down. I, I mean, with the, the incremental change of the system we're in it just seems like a a a, a, <laughs> a, a, a major cop out. And so I know that that a lot of people look at me and my attitude towards Bitcoin as being that same sort of cop out. My problem with it is that I think that this sort of frontal attack on money can only have one of two options. One, you end up like this guy, right? Yeah. Right. Or, and this is kind of the, 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 the path where it almost always goes and where I think it's going right now is you get bought off. 
right? I, I mean, everything I'm talking about in terms of the institutionalization of Bitcoin, this ain't bad for the price of Bitcoin. Yeah, right? exactly, it's, exactly. It's, and the, the, it, I tell you what, the, the, the volatility of the price will definitely go down. You know, vol goes down, which I think, you know, almost everybody would be really happy about that. Mm -hmm. um, I think the price is stable, probably goes up, I think. I don't know, but I think it goes up. This is Nothing I'm saying is bad about the price of Bitcoin. What I think it's the death knell for, though, is the value of Bitcoin as this revolutionary tool. Right. right? And so, and so I, I know it, it sounds like I'm, it's just a cop-out for me, but it's, it's, I, I just feel like I've seen this movie three times in my lifetime, and I, 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 and I, and I, I, I've got one. So you were the one not so fast who came up with this brilliant phrase, which I'm totally stealing. <laughs> after do. you know, Michael Saylor, the 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 the, I guess he's he's the founder. I guess he's still the CEO of MicroStrategy, right? He's basically turned his his corporation into a you know a tracking stock for Bitcoin, right? And and so you came up with this phrase, the sailorization of Bitcoin, which I just think is is, is marvelous. But I I had to print this out because I had to read it. This was an interview he did with, a, you know, the BTC Times, right? Why he believes that the best way for Bitcoin to become a widely adopted monetary network is, here's the quote, incrementally and pragmatically, while in harmony with the political system. And, end quote. And, and so I got to tell you that that phrase, in harmony with the political system, man, that's like something that, that, that Deng Xiaoping would have said, right? You know, you know, some years ago. That, that's, that's, that's what Xi would say right now, just that language, in harmony with the political system. Man. <laughs> it smells funny that, to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, or, or, you know, and look, I, I love the guys at, at, at Real Vision, right? But. You know, when Raul's talking about, oh, we just need to get the AML and the KYC and, you know, you'll come to love it. That's really what he tweets. Eventually, you'll come to love it, right? <laughs> and, and, and A, I think he's right. I think eventually most people will come to love it. That's because right. Because they'll make more money. And, and, and the story around it, you'll be, it'll be great. It'll be wonderful. It'll be just like, you know, mortgage backed securities in 2005. So I don't know, man, I just, I, is there a way out of this? I, I, is there, is there a, an, al an alternative system that can exist side by side with this state permissioned system around Bitcoin? I, I love that you asked me that because it's been sort of the basis of my thesis and reason for getting involved that there, there, there are alternatives. There, there is an alternative in general. Um, there are many individual specific alternatives and there are also art alternative uh, strategies we can use so that we don't fall into the kind of institutionalization and uh, the institution's use of Bitcoin as a parking lot product for our own personal value as the rest of its sort of spirit gets co-opted. And um, this is the, the part of it where it's not um, going to be as popular with Bitcoiners because um, there's an aspect of Bitcoin, uh, of Bitcoin that a lot of Bitcoiners would rather pretend is 
not important or only important for one specific reason. And that's the open source software part of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So Bitcoin is by necessity fully permissionless open source software because one thing you need to do if you're running a Bitcoin node is you have to understand all the rules that you, along with everybody else, are agreeing to. And once you get clear on what that consensus is um, and understand that everybody's abiding by those exact same rules, you can participate freely with that as a foundation of your money network. But the byproduct of having something being open source is you can freely fork that open source to create a whole separate network uh, with different parameters, if you like. And that could potentially be, you know, the different Bitcoin if enough people are interested in those different parameters. So um, what I'm talking about are altcoins, uh, colloquially known as shitcoins. And that is both <laughs> an, uh, uh, a kind of uh, endearing, a term of endearment for people who are interested in them and an epithet for Bitcoiners who want to disavow that aspect of Bitcoin's open source uh, in, uh, for many reasons. A primary one is that uh, their number will go up and other people's numbers won't go up. You know, if Bitcoin has a thousand or 10,000 clones of itself running around up there, well, why would anybody ever buy my Bitcoin and make my number go up and, and fuel my free ride to economic riches, right? That's, that's a primary one. And it's facetious of me to say that that would be the only one. But realistically, uh, it's pretty popular. <laughs> even if you don't want to admit it, people are incentivized to have their number go up and, and take it all. We all have a little bit of raccoon in us. Absolutely. And Absolutely. That's, number go that, up. There, yeah. that is an incentive. Um, there's, there's also, you know, there is a pragmatic reason as well. You know, if, uh, if more people devote their efforts to improving Bitcoin and developing on Bitcoin rather than these alternatives, then um, Bitcoin gets better. And these other things that might die one day anyway, uh, well, you know, the effort isn't wasted, so to speak. And there are corollary arguments to that where like uh, if, um, if something really good gets developed for an alternative cryptocurrency, well, Bitcoin can, can just fork in their innovation, capture that value, and then leave the other network to go off and sort of die as it is. And that has actually happened. You know, innovations of other cryptocurrencies have mm -hmm. been forked into Bitcoin, specifically <laughs> like... Uh, they're called op codes or little operational codes, which are just um, mostly latent, but quite numerous pieces within Bitcoin's code that may not do anything right now, but they are fundamental kind of foundations for future programming for things like uh, smart contracts where you can execute code trustlessly on Bitcoin. And I know you understand all this because you've, uh, you've developed a lot of software before. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, basically there are other blockchains out there that have done more with um, smart contracts than Bitcoin has specifically. But uh, all in all, sort of, uh, I found that other cryptocurrency, non-Bitcoin cryptocurrencies that have created or discovered their own innovations, they rarely get integrated into Bitcoin. Sometimes they can't even be. And so Bitcoin's left struggling with uh, large amounts of work to accomplish something similar. Um, mm -hmm. There are, for example, uh, still trustless and still equally software verifiable, um, cryptographic, cryptographically verifiable 
completely anonymous cryptocurrencies. And there is a ton of work being done on Bitcoin to make its public, easily auditable, verifiable ledger private so that you can still audit the ledger, but have the source of the transactions be private and the recipient of the transactions be private. And that's a challenge when something is based on being hard to change only by consensus. Uh, you have to you have to build on other layers to it. Well, that's really tricky to do because you have to get consensus for a whole new kind of wallet system or money system built on top. Um, there's Bitcoin's Lightning Network, which is a second layer to sort of stream payments and then have Bitcoin be a settlement layer later. But um, even though it's there's fantastic work being done on it and uh, I've enjoyed using it and playing around with it, the incentives haven't quite been there. Um, it's a lot of work to run a lightning node. I worked mm. on it for a while and then um, I, when it came time to upgrade and then I was two upgrades behind, I just kind of left it off and um, left the small amount of funds in there because I didn't want to risk a lot of funds in there and there was no pass through or fee capture for me anyway. There was, there was no flow for me and my percentage of flow that I could capture was so small. It, I, I would just, uh, the only motivation that I could have possibly had to keep going and running my own lightning network was the altruistic for the good of Bitcoin narrative one. And that's right. great for an enthusiast or someone who's trying to find and build on to other reasons to sort of um, pay it, pay a little later toll to make their free ride on early Bitcoin. Uh, you know, they're, they're willing to sacrifice and, and okay. Yeah. I will pay for a little bit, little of this free ride. Um, there are, there are fantastic wallets that I use for Bitcoin that are um, that have done a lot to incorporate, you know, uh, mixing of Bitcoin transactions, which just means that um, when you make one transaction, you're actually making a whole bunch with an anonymity set. It's called of, uh, and the more people contributing to that anonymity set, you know, if there's a hundred people adding an extra transaction in that anonymity set, it's harder to break. But if there's ten thousand extra people adding a transaction, it's much harder to trace through all those, uh, all those mixed transactions. But even then, mixing for Bitcoin is, uh, I think it's six-year-old technology. It hasn't improved a whole lot. And there are other cryptocurrencies just by their own nature use a bit of a different um, cryptographic signing, something called uh, ring signatures, to effortlessly achieve that level of an anonymity um, just it, inherently. And this is only kind of one other option outside of Bitcoin that you just by virtue of its code, you couldn't fork that into Bitcoin because then Bitcoin would become something completely something, different. Right, right. So, you know, yeah. It, what, what, you know, as you're, as you're describing, you know, these different, I'll, I'll call them initiatives. Right? I, I keep coming back to something you said right at the very beginning, which is that is there a way or, or is there a, 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 an environment, a, 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 an area of human enterprise where you could create that, 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 that fully self-contained loop, right, that you were talking about earlier, uh, right? That, because when I, when, I, when I think about the challenge in trying to set up uh, an alternative network that can exist contemporaneously and yet separate from the 
we got to permission everything aspect of, 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 of Wall Street and government. You know, and I think about, you know, is there some sort of, you know, decentralized, you know, network of where, you know, you're talking about this earlier, right, where you're, you know, collateralizing this and we can do a transactional data and the like. Mm-hmm. I, I keep, I keep, I keep racking my brain to come up with an application of this in the world of finance, in the world of money, that doesn't find some hook into that permissioned world of Wall Street and government, where they'll say, no, 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 you say you're providing collateral. And what I say is, what I say is you're selling a security. Right. right, and we have these laws and rules that you've got to have for for our security. Okay, you say this is this decentralized, you know, uh, organization. I say, um, well, you know, who's liable, you know, if Grandma chooses a bad password and you know loses her house, right? Who's who's on the other side of that? Right, right, right. And and and. and I keep trying to find, is there some application? And it can be small, right? I mean, we can, of course. It, it, we just have to find some place where there is a, you know, what do you call a computer? You call it air gapped, right? When, you, when you've got a computer that's never connected to the internet, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so it's impossible for it to be, uh, you know, spoofed or hacked or something like that. You know, you've got an air gapped computer, right? Where yeah, you, I've yeah. never connected to the internet. Is there some air-gapped right, application, and it could be on some, you know, as I take it, you know, one of the things you're saying is that something like Ethereum has more flexibility in terms, I guess, of the, the contracts you can kind of embed there rather than, you know, what, what, what Bitcoin to its advantage has, you know, really stamped in there. Mm-hmm. Is, is there some, some place that we can have this kind of air-gapped environment, right, where you've got the separation from the flow and the permissions, some of which are for good reasons, some of which are for awful reasons that government and wall street want to, want to glom onto. Yeah. I, I think there, tell, tell me what you think of this system. Cause it's sort of something that I've been um, trying to put together over a while. I think there are going to be three parts to the, the world you described where Bitcoin can exist in its own closed loop system. And Mm -hmm. uh, I have to preface this with, it will probably most likely require in order to be successful, an acceptance of most other cryptocurrencies be uh, that aren't Bitcoin, um, even possibly the crappier or scammier ones though there will be an internal system to sort of bounce those out or let them let them die on their own lack of volume and lack of uh, lack of interest mm-hmm. so the first part of that um and i think this ties in really well with your um your whole kind of act locally theme is um there's a there's a, a motto in bitcoin of being your own bank and of course that's mm-hmm. uh easy to, to fall to let fall by the wayside but part of being your own bank should be not just being responsible for your own private keys but for anybody that um within let's call it uh 
a trust network, but a trust network above a certain level that those people would trust you to be their banker. And you are confident in yourself and your abilities that you can accept and uphold that trust to be their banker. So, you know, we'll use, we'll use grandma because that's an easy example. Rather than telling grandma how to go to Coinbase and submit her KYC info, you can be grandma's banker. And you can, I know this is taboo, but you can, as a Bitcoiner, sell your grandma some Bitcoin, track it within your own internal personal offline ledger, whatever you like, and manage it for her. And if she wants to spend it, she can spend it. Um, But there are some people who are never going to be able to use an air-gapped, super secure, impossible to lose um, in interaction with Bitcoin. Um, And that's okay. But if they have a Bitcoiner who's willing to be the bank for their trust network and be Mm -hmm. the endpoint, and maybe that trust network contains somebody who's willing to be the... uh, the fall guy or the shit eater or the KYC agent of interaction within this system. Um, maybe that person can be the endpoint of, um, you know, a loop, a pre-closed Bitcoin loop for spending things out in the world. And so if you're the family Bitcoin banker and you have, let's say six people within your system, then uh, you you take on requests uh, for your family and then maybe towards the end of a financial year, you say, okay, let's sell a little bit of Bitcoin to the fiat system and we'll do it at once and we'll do it under this person's name because they'll pay the lowest capital gains tax. And uh, okay, well, why don't you take a little bit less because uh, this person needs a little bit more and let's try and leave as much of this in Bitcoin as we can, but we'll do it in one transaction and I'll make sure that it's with mixed funds so that you know our other stuff is... Uh, is is not risk being subject to KYC and everything. So I think where I'm going with all this is one aspect of closing the loop is having uh, endowing more responsibility to the Bitcoiner and to maybe share some of that wealth with people in a trust network. And that network can be as small as like one person, like a best friend or a spouse or anything. But I think where it needs to be is um, a, a a level of effort like the effort isn't over just because our number went up and uh there are state sponsored solutions that will gladly accept your metadata in order to sell you some bitcoin or or take in hold bitcoin in custody for you that you may have a claim on later you know not so fast that the 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 one aspect of the last eight years of my life, right, which has been spent trying to to build this Epsilon Theory community. Mm-hmm. The thing that has uh, it, it surprised me and it became the thing that has kept me going, <laughs> real, real, and I really don't mean that with hyperbole, mm-hmm. it's that I've connected with thousands of people all over the world who you know, I call them our pack, right? Yeah, and and it's what you're calling this 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 circle of trust, what whatever, right? And it's it's the most important thing in the world, right? To find your pack, and and you know what you were describing, right? I think you know we there's there've been a, a lot of circles of trust, like you said, those people find that in their family, 
right? Right. And 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 the, and the, the the challenge I think is to find a pack that's that, that that that's big enough, strong enough, has enough different talents, but shares that that level of trust, uh, so that you can protect each other like a pack protects each other. And, and at the core of being a pack is this willingness to take a hit for the rest of the pack, right? you know, to turn the other cheek. And, and, and that's, it, it, it's such a difficult concept. And the younger me would have said, what do you mean turn the other cheek? I'm not going to do that. Right? Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? And, and, and the, as I go through the world, right, I, I find that finding that pack, finding that circle of trust, is the most important thing is what still excites me so much about these technologies you're describing because they are technologies that I think can facilitate and strengthen a pack right and 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 extend it beyond just the luck of who you were who you grew up with your family right or yeah. you know the luck of uh, who I work with or who I met at school or church or what have you right but that, that is what Epsilon Theory has done for me, is, that, is being able to meet, I mean, really meet yeah. in our minds, you know, the, you know, kindred spirits of thousands of people all over the freaking world. Yeah. I, and, 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 and I, you know, they could have been, you know, three doors down from me at some office building, and I, I would never have known them, but you can, you can, this is, this is a way to find this, I'll use this $10 word, an epistemic community, right? People who are your brothers and sisters because of, because you've got a like-minded sense of, of, of trust and responsibility. Mm -hmm. So I, I really like where you're going with this. And I just, I, I, I and, and what, what I'm trying to do is, is trying to figure out, huh, you know, we know it when we see it, how do you both facilitate people to find these circles of trust? And, you know, then how do you trust but verify? You know, yeah, to use Reagan's yeah, yeah. line about, about the Soviet Union, trust but verify. So I really like where you're going with this, right? Um, and I don't know, I came into this conversation kind of a little, you know, you chose by the, by the picture I took. I thought, oh, it's going to be another conversation about, I'm sorry, guys, I just don't see it. But I'm... Yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm You've got my wheels turning here about about what you're describing here. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, that's that's one part of the three part way that I think. Okay. This can be there's more. Yeah. <laughs> there's well, there's more. There's more. <laughs> there's another two thirds. But uh, the but the the pack thing is a way to uh, make it make onboarding easier in a way that doesn't that also doesn't belong by the system to the system that uh, Bitcoin yes. has replaced. And yes. it's. Uh, it's a friendly and trusted interface and, you know, institutions are contractually trusted and they break that trust all the time. Uh, but, and, and I'm not saying that packs could fail and somewhere, right. you know, the banker in a pack could fall on hard times and be in, you know, betray the trust of the private keys to which uh, the other members of the pack were entrusted. That's another problem entire, entirely. And I'm sure that um, outlines to running a Bitcoin be your own bank pack could be made in order to mitigate the damage of these fail safes, and over time, you know, credit unions could be established that are owned by them. Mm -hmm. That's that's getting ahead of um, that's kind of getting ahead of it. Uh, part two of how this works is acceptance of 
all derivatives of Bitcoin insofar as they are also permissionless and compatible and integratable networks of money with Bitcoin. And so that's, uh, that's a tricky one to sort of break down, but uh, you could take it to mean all cryptocurrencies, all tokens based on cryptocurrencies, as long as they're not scams. And as long as they can be at the very least exchanged with each other in a decentralized fashion, which we're just coming up on a point where there's enough volume on decentralized exchanges where for the intents and purposes of just making transactions and some light trading, this can be done. Mm -hmm. And they can also be used to reinforce each other. So you can, if you want to send an anonymous Bitcoin transaction, you can submit it on a trade through a decentralized exchange where it takes a hop through an anonymous, anonymous cryptocurrency and then is paid out in Bitcoin on the other end or whatever cryptocurrency the other person is going to receive. Let me, let me say, so what's, what is riding on this? What, what, what's riding on this acceptance of all these different derivative and different, I'll, I'll say, you know, variations on, 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 on the core theme? Is it because you want to, is there a robustness associated with this? Is, it, is there some sort of, you know, you follow where the liquidity goes and so that kind of indicates which of these contracts or, or systems are more appropriate? What, what, I'm just trying to, to crap with what's what's riding on this number two that you've, you've got here. Yeah, it's um, it's hard to break that down exactly. Sometimes it's um, it's just speculative interest from people that uh, were late to Bitcoin and so tried to back something else and then they get a community and they see how large they can grow it. And uh, at some juncture, you know, a lot of those pass and fail because a lot of the enthusiasts are the type of people who will put their eggs in many, many baskets and diversify across a lot of them. And, you know, I'm one of those people. I've had a uh, hundred different altcoin bags, shall we say, go to zero value and have a network die and lost that way. That's part and parcel with uh, my own personal involvement. But I, um, the ones that have survived um, have not only built a decent community supporting them, but they've also found ways to self-fund through their own networks, um, issuance protocol of new, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. new coins or new assets. Uh, some of those actually issue new assets into um, the currency's own treasury, which can then be voted on by stakeholders of that currency. And uh, though, you know, governance is plagued by the same problems, no matter how it looks or where it is, um, governance is one of the better systems we have to come to democratic decisions. And so, these small money networks through trial and error of governance are able to deploy these funds and self-propagate and become better and sort of act as methods of sovereign payment as well as stores of value for their users and owners. Uh, and through Bitcoin's protocol and all of a lot of these other cryptocurrencies protocols, a lot of these, uh, the, these coins can be um, traded for each other um, on a best bid, best offer marketplace that's completely permissionless and run on mm -hmm. users' own nodes, just like a Bitcoin wallet. And um, moreover, and this is kind of getting into the third aspect of it, like how do we drive more use and closed loops 
from this uh, this financial money system that freezes out the the state and the fiat banks and everything. And even though it's not happening on Bitcoin specifically only right now, uh, what you what we've all come to know as DeFi or decentralized finance is um, very quickly growing by leaps and bounds, finding and creating new uses for well, not not even new ones, but uh, mirroring the existing existing financial institutions' uses, um, doing things far more reckless than uh, mortgage CDOs, uh, incur uh, yeah. generating far far crazier AP uh, annual percentage yields on certain things, and uh, generating. Yeah, no, I've seen so. See, and, and I got to tell you though, that that's what makes me nervous, right? Because yeah. Once you start getting into that world, right? I mean, you are, you're offering securities. I'm offering this, you know, yield farming or whatever mm -hmm. approach. And, oh yeah, it's, you know, it's, you know, 80% we're going to offer you on this. And, and that, those are the activities that I, I, I think are both very attractive to raccoons are the first aspect of where the foot in the, you know, the, the, uh, the bear hug of the state comes, right? Uh, first for kind of these good reasons and then for the bad reasons. Right. And I, I guess what I'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to think, I, I, I can see the, the, the part two about how you need, you know, a thousand flowers to bloom here because you've got to constantly be finding a channel for innovation and exercise and, 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 advancement i'm still wrestling though with what is an application of that step three of DeFi that's not necessarily oh here's a here's a 30 percent return guaranteed right <laughs> what, what, what what's an application of this that's not part and parcel of making money and maybe it doesn't exist. Maybe yeah, it's maybe just it not there. It's true. But that's there, what I'm wrestling with. Yeah, there's a possibility that it doesn't exist. And I think where we're at in the stage of of DeFi, such as it is, is um, the raccoons have the ball. They definitely do. Mm -hmm. And the good thing about what the raccoons are doing in DeFi right now is I've never seen experimentation happen so quickly. Mm -hmm. um, I've also never seen the bad experiments die so quickly. Um, so there is a, just a, that's great to hear actually. A, yeah. yeah a, 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 there's a game of life going on here with um, a pretty low kind of mutation rate and a very short lifespan for non-viable mutations and non-viable can also mean um, the idea wasn't good enough, but what we're starting to see, you know, even in the past just kind of couple of weeks, we've seen the more viable, strong, um, equitably distributed projects and um, motivated developer teams begin to absorb and into conglomerates with other projects that had promise but um, couldn't quite do it on their own. Mm -hmm. And this seems like a centralizing force at the outset, but what it is, is um, kind of a, a bridging of islands 
within a system that needs to be in interconnected. And uh, a lot of the recent, um, I guess you could say hacks or attacks or systemic losses incurred by DeFi systems recently have been that um, a protocol, let's say a farming protocol gets created on, um, on its own and it incorporates other tokens from other projects and farms in its quest for yield. So you provide liquidity across a few tokens, you get a bunch of yield. Well, because um, these tokens were sort of integrated without proper due diligence, it's really worthwhile for someone to find an exploit within the code of one of the smart contracts of these farms or oracles that determine the price of something in order to drain the contract. And there's right. even a protocol right. for doing that called a flash loan where someone can borrow uh, a few million dollars worth of stable coins. Uh, it's exactly for the intents yeah. and purposes of, of arbitrage, pay it yeah. back within the next 15 second block. But really what they're doing is draining a farm contract and keeping a bunch for right. themselves. So presumably with the amalgamation and teaming up kind of into a superhero conglomerate, the thesis is that these bugs won't be uh, as prevalent and they'll be squashed before there's a lot of value in them. And this is just one yeah. aspect of try me trying to reassure you that something. No, no, no. I yeah. so, so, but but this, this, this is going to be, I think it's the right spot for us to call, you know, uh, I'll say, I'll call it a halftime yeah. you know, on, on, on this conversation because Here's here's what I'd like to do next with you. Sure, not so sure. fast. What I'd like to do is, I need to immerse myself and learn more about the games that you're describing. Sure, right? Because that that's what they are. So and, and I need to because I'm a game player. I think I'm, anyway. I I need to immerse myself in that and and see get a sense for myself of of this game of life as you're describing it that's happening. So so. You know, I, I think you've, you had mentioned earlier, you, you might have had some stuff written on this. So, so, you know, whatever kind of resources you can make available, you know, I'll, I'll post them on the Epsilon Theory site and, you know, and we can, we can all start thinking about those of us who are not immersed in this to learn the, the, the rules of this game. Sure. My challenge, my challenge to you okay. is to, is to think about connecting the games that are being played now in DeFi with something in the real world, something. I mean, it can be small, it can be little, but something where we're making that connection between the game playing and the game of life and the contracts and something in the real world. That's yeah, not I've already got some of... examples cooked up for that. So we can, we can come to them. We can come to them in a, in a part two, maybe. Now, I would love that. Not so fast. Thank you so much for being on this 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 first podcast. It's been great for me. I think it'll be fantastic for you know listeners from 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 I call it your community, from my community, and if this can be the start of trying to figure out how to bring this into the real and uh, create stronger circles of trust, stronger packs mm -hmm. for all of us, and that's 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 worth fighting for. Well, thank you, Ben. This has been a fantastic opportunity. I'm really glad to uh, have a conversation with you face to face. I'm 
absolutely excited for uh, where I could shift some of my personal purpose to sort of bringing people of like mind into actually making this stuff happen for everybody because uh, it's one thing Likewise. to chase money, but it's really great to sort of change the world. Right on, brother. Right on. All right. So with that, we'll call it quits. And uh, until next time. Thanks, Cheers. not so fast. Thank you. Thanks.